and welcome back to Gibbering, a Scottish podcast. We're on episode three and, you know, it's really a part two for episode two. We've got Courtney back. We have so much fun. We talk. I kind of do a couple of rants about things, but we have so much fun and I really hope you guys enjoy this episode. Oh, thank goodness it's working. <laughs> we got to figure it out. Yeah, um, just for anyone who's wondering what on earth I'm talking about, my um, Wi-Fi turned off because my day is just not today. Same. I mean, are you wanting to share what your day's been like with everyone? Or... <laughs> Gosh, I I was dog-sitting this weekend. Um, and I should preface that when it was a friend of a friend, I'd only met this dog like one time, and it was this giant um bernadoodle um and i met this a bernadoodle it's half a bernie's mountain dog and half poodle i've heard of labradoodles but not whatever that was yeah bernadoodle they're very popular um and so i met this dog and anyone who knows bernadoodles or bernie's mountain dogs or just poodles they're very large so when i met this dog i thought it was like a, a dog fun fact it was a puppy so when i showed up on friday I was like, oh, this is a puppy. I have to take care of a puppy. And the whole weekend uh, was me basically cleaning up this dog's um, explosive diarrhea um, all over the house. And then this morning I woke up and she had had diarrhea in the middle of the night and rolled in it. So then I had to let her outside and, you know, wash her kennel off, wash this, attempt to wash this dog who hates the hose. So that worked out really well. And um, when I went to go back inside, I had locked myself out of <laughs> their house. And um, so then I was stuck outside in like my night shirt and um, covered in dog poop and soaked because their hose was really awful. So I was getting sprayed as it was spraying um attempted to break into one of their windows and couldn't uh and luckily I had left the door open this morning um to their front door when I was picking up their mail so thank goodness I was negligent forgot about that and uh was able to get back in and clean myself off but yeah I spent most of my morning sitting outside watching a dog because she watching a puppy because she could not uh, be on her own and uh, smelling like dog poo. It's really, really a fun time over here. That that story, I'm not, I wasn't sure whether to feel sorry, to laugh, or to vomit during that. A, a combination of the three, to be entirely honest. I mean, I was almost laughing as it was happening. I was like, this would happen to me that I would be locked outside, covered, and like, and and it's not like I have like a cute nightshirt on either. It was actually like a, a dress that I got from Target, like a while ago that is just it was ugly and I didn't want to return it so I pretty much looked like a homeless person covered in feces running around it was great if you basically if you had your own like modern family-esque tv show that would be your like really bad day oh I felt like I was on tv I and you know what's funny is that I didn't realize it until I was leaving but they have like a ring doorbell security system I know for a fact there is video footage somewhere out there of me running around their backyard trying, like, covered in water and dog poop, trying to break into their house. Like, I know <laughs> there's video footage out there somewhere, but 
I'm really hoping they just don't look at it because I would be absolutely mortified. See if they end up sending you that asking what on earth this is. Honestly, please send that to me. <laughs> I, I, they, they know the struggles it's been this weekend. I've been in contact with the, the dog mom and she was like, yeah, sorry, she's kind of a handful. I was like, you think? So <laughs> if she sees it, I'm sure she'll just pity me and not even tell me that she saw it. Or at least I hope she will. She'll nudge you on the shoulder next time she sees it. It's like, I didn't see anything. Gosh, I, I really... And, like, I hope they weren't getting, like, notifications that there was, like, movement in the backyard. Because then I'm sure... They, like, were they watching it live? Like, were they watching it happen as it was happening? Because that would be even more mortifying. They go away and they just go and get some popcorn and sit and watch all hell break loose. Oh, God. I hope not. It was... Anyway, that was my... That was my morning. Well, I mean, it's now um, half past six in the evening for me, and my day's pretty much done besides the podcast after this, so I think I'm either going to be recording another episode with Sean, or we're going to be playing something on the PlayStation. Fun, fun, fun. Yep, no, I have the rest of my day ahead of me already. I mean, as long as it's not as bad as the morning, you know, you're you're fine. (laughs) Yeah, no, I don't think it can get any worse from here, knock on wood. Right, so let's get into proper business after that rather interesting intro. <laughs> I've got to, I've got to keep trying to start podcasts with really funny stories about today's, well, today's events. But um, like last episode, we briefly talked about like what it was like for school with you, and you know, just one of the questions that I never actually asked on the phone because I wanted to wait until we were recording. But see, when it comes to your classes at high school did you have like a drama or like theater class so yes there was um in my high school you could take um I think there was like three levels of theater you could take like theater one theater two um I actually didn't take any of the theater classes because I uh, it didn't work on my schedule very well so I never actually took theater per se um but we had um, basically competitive theater in, um, I don't know if, if overseas you guys have this, but, um, there is a organization called, uh, the National Debate and Speech Organization, NS, NSA, NSD, I don't know. Um, and it's, um, it's a, it's basically like debate club. And I was a part of that in high school. And the speech part of it is competitive theater, basically. So um, there's different types of um, competitions you can go and compete in. And every single weekend, there's tournaments. um, And you can bring your pieces to those tournaments. So a couple of the ones I did were like, um, I did uh, humorous interpretation, dramatic interpretation. And those two are 10-minute memorized acting pieces that have to be of like a published manuscript of some kind um, that you can cut together and like put it together. And it's very, very creative. Um, And you are acting the entire time and telling the story. Um, There's no props. um, There's no script. It's just you. Um, And it's very, it's very intense. Um, So I did a humorous interpretation and dramatic interpretation. Um, And there's also duo that you can do with somebody else. I did that for like two tournaments. Um, I, I, which was actually very fun. I just didn't, um, our pieces just weren't very good. So we never really went anywhere with it. Um, but um, duo is with two people, 10 minutes memorized. 
Um, but the interesting about, thing about duo is that you can't look the other person in the eye and you can't touch them, um, which makes it really hard. But it's so entertaining and there's some amazing ones to watch. Um, I can send you some like really cool clips of them that have been my favorite. Um, and then the one that I like did the best at and had the most success with was storytelling, which was eight minutes memorized. You're sitting in a chair, no props. Um, and the concept is that you're telling a story to like a room full of seven-year-olds and you have to keep them engaged. Um, so that was my favorite uh, because I got to be like wild and crazy and I got to sing in it. And I did that for, I did storytelling, I believe for three years and I went to state twice for it. Yeah, twice for it. And then I ended up um, ranking in the state as one of the uh, best storytellers. So I have a little medal in all. So I didn't do like traditional high school theater, but I did like competitive theater, which I don't, you know, depending on who you ask, it's, I would argue is much harder because like at the end of the day on, you know, a theater stage, you're not getting graded by, you know, the audience. Whereas in speech, you are quite literally getting graded by the judges in the realm and them telling you if they think that you're good or not. Um, I had opportunities to be in theater. I auditioned um, for uh, my freshman year. I auditioned our shows like Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Um, I auditioned for it and I was awful. Like my audition was absolutely awful. Um, I didn't prepare at all for it. Um, my dancing was terrible. I was like, and I didn't care. I don't know who I was then because everyone now who knows me is I'm like a total perfectionist, but I did not care about that audition at all. And I didn't get cast because I was probably the worst audition of my entire life. Um, and then my, uh, then I think sophomore year was um, Wizard of Oz. And I decided not to audition because it just didn't work out well with my debate schedule. And then my junior year was Legally Blonde, which anybody who knows me knows that Elle Woods is my dream role of all time. And I knew starting my freshman year that Legally Blonde was going to be our show my junior year. So I had basically three years to prepare for the role. So literally the day that I found out that I was going, that, like that was going to be the show, I enrolled myself in vocal lessons. It was the first time I was ever doing professional like vocal lessons in any capacity. I enrolled myself in dance classes. I had done dance as like a child, but I was like, no, I need to like step up my game. I enrolled myself in like three different types of dance classes and for like three years prepared myself for this one audition because I wanted Elle Woods. I went blonde. Like I did the whole nine yards and did the audition. The director stops me halfway through the audition and, um, or like after I'm done singing, basically before the acting part, um he uh stops me after I'm singing he goes that was the best audition I've ever seen hey <laughs> and I was like oh my god and this guy like you could never impress him you could never Ooh. impress him he was just he was just like a, a bitter man um and I was like oh my gosh I can't believe it I'm getting a woods like all my all my hard work has paid off um and he, he was just like, he was, it was very reassuring. And um, I was like, okay, I got it. And that was, the audition was on a Thursday. And then that Friday was when callbacks were being posted, but I had a debate tournament that weekend. So um, I couldn't go see like what the callbacks list was. So I like texted one of my friends and was like, hey, can you go look at the callbacks list and like tell me like when my callback ends? I just like assumed. It wasn't even like, if I get a callback, I was like, can you just text me one? <laughs> and, and like pick up my materials for me. And she texts me and she goes, 
I don't know what happened, but you didn't get a call back. I was like, what? How? And so then, like, I went to this tournament and was, like, devastated. Like, absolutely devastated. Crying, like, hysterical. Um, And I, you know, composed myself over the weekend. And then that Monday, I went in and spoke to, to the director and was like, hi, can I get some feedback on my audition? Because you told me that I was the best audition you've ever seen. And I, I didn't get a callback. Like, can I get some feedback? Like, what could I have done better? Um, and he said, yeah, that was one of the best auditions um, I've ever seen. You did so good. You sounded perfect. It's just a shame that your parents don't donate money to the theater department. Well, you, you're joking. Mm, nope, I wish I was. So this guy literally stopped you from getting the role just because your parents didn't donate to the theater department. Yep. And I was just like, oh, okay. And he said, I can offer you a role for this show. And if, you know, things change, meaning if my parents gave him money, um, then I can guarantee you a lead for next year's show. But the, the whole thing was about that year's show. Right. And I was like, I don't care about next year's show. I want to play Elle Woods. Like, Elle Woods is everything I, I want to be. And um, so he gave me a role, which was, I had one line, and it was in the song Bend and Snap. Um, and it's actually, um, it's just a hairdresser. Um, and I would just be on stage. They were like, you would have a lot of stage time. I'm like, that doesn't mean anything to me. Um, <laughs> And they're like, you'd have a lot of stage time. And my one line during Ben and Snap would be, works every time. That's it. You had one line. Oh, one I, mean, line. I think you would be a part of it, you know, I guess. Well, so then I, this is like one of, probably one of my biggest Steven moments, if not my biggest Steven moment. I went to my vocal coach who I'd been working on. And it's tricky because my vocal coach was also the wife of one of the musical directors at the school. Oh, and no. so I like went to her and I was like, I feel like I failed myself. And she was like, no, you didn't fail. Um, and she said, I think you would be failing yourself if you dropped out. And I was like, uh, I don't know. Like, I just don't think I can do it. And I was like, I don't think I can sit there and, you know, be in this production when I, I put three years of my life into it. And to like, I just, it, it was, I was like, I feel like I can put my energy somewhere else. So I actually dropped out of the production, which is not anything I would recommend to anybody. Don't drop out because people will be like, wow, she's so stuck up. But I was just, I knew where my talents were and I didn't want, I just knew I would be miserable. So I dropped out of the production and my humorous interpretation piece for, um, uh, oh gosh, uh, for a speech, I hadn't written it yet. And so I was like, what if I did Legally Blonde as my humorous interpretation piece? Like, what if I did that? And I basically already had the entire script memorized. So I knew exactly what I could do. And I knew how I would cut it. And everyone knows Legally Blonde. So I knew it would go over well. And lo and behold, I, I cut it basically overnight, memorized it in two days, went to the competition the next weekend and like took third place in it and ended up like placing a ton with it um, and ended up being one of my most successful pieces. And then that year was the first year I ever went to state and ranked in the state. So I kind of use like that as like my motivation to be like, you know, I'm going to do better, bigger and better things. I'm just going to, I can, I'll class that for you. That was you. You, you've done Legally Blonde, that's it. You used it it to your advantage. Yeah, I, I, I did, I did Legally Blonde a lot. I did it. So the way that tournaments work is that you do like 
um you perform twice for two sets of judges and then it goes into like um semis um and then like uh finals and um so over a weekend you can depending on how big the tournament is you can end up performing a piece for over I don't know, like over 10 times. So I would perform Legally Blonde like 10 times in a weekend. Um, and it wasn't like I was just saying, like, you know, saying the lines like, oh my God, you guys, I was fully belting in these rounds, which there was kind of a fine line between like singing. So like I was pushing the limit, but like I, it was worth it. It was totally worth it. Um, and now it's like one of my like go-to, like I trained myself for so long that now like singing L songs isn't hard for me. Um, and it was, it's, it's one of my one of my favorite roles I will play it one day it's something that me and my vocal coach talk about a lot is like she's like I know you'll play L one day like she won't even let me work on L songs anymore because she's like you've got it you're fine like let's just move on because <laughs> I'm so determined huh she's internally possibly fed up with it well it's not that she's like fed up I've worked on like L songs with her I think twice now and um and she's like, you got it. You're like, you're overthinking everything. Just like, you got it. Whatever the opportunity comes available, you will get it. Yeah. yeah. So unless it's that guy directing again. Yeah. So unless it has to deal with my parents giving money, which they just thought was ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, as regarding the whole like theater thing, my school, I don't know why, because seemingly the other high schools in my hometown done this. But my school did not have a drama or theatre class. Oh, wow. Yeah, but what's strange is near the... I think it was maybe when I was either go at the end of third year or when I was in fourth year, which was my last year at high school, although we I could have stayed for another two years. But they added on these things at the end of Wednesdays called electives, and that was the only time... I got to do anything to do with theatre at high mm-hmm. school besides like one um, afternoon event thing that um, we were asked to sign up for in like second year. And the teacher that was behind it, like, I can't, I, obviously I'm not going to say his name for, um, for obvious reasons, but he was the funniest and most dramatic teacher that you mm-hmm. have ever met. Like honestly, like he, when he wanted people, um, to like get people invigorated or to over exaggerate something even if he's just covering your class he would like put like one foot on the table and be like yeah like singing it and everything it was he was so funny and he, oh, was actually one of the, nice. he was one of the reasons i wanted to move into acting but you know over the years i just thought to myself that i kind of want more of the voice acting kind of area just because mm. of the whole like, i've watched a lot of like anime and cartoons growing up but then i also play a lot of video games and all of that is to do with a lot of voice acting so i thought well that's actually might be a good option so i signed up for mandy.com and for some people in scotland people are going to think that's a drug i'm not talking about the drug i'm talking about the acting website just need to clarify that (laughs) i said that to one of my friends and they thought i was talking about the drug when i said oh by the way did you know i'm on mandy now (laughs) <laughs> that that that, that, didn't, that didn't go down well for him, and I was like, "No, I want to clarify that it's this website." I had to send them a link and everything. Oh my gosh, it's casual brunch conversation. Hey, did you know I'm on drugs? Honestly, if I went, if I said that to my mom, oh mom, did you know? Did you know that I'm on Monday? I guarantee I'd get kicked out. 
<laughs> wait, are you, wait, what is what is Mandy? Like, what's what is that like? I I've not heard of that as like a slang term for drugs. Honestly, like, I not really sure because like the only drugs I've ever been near are medical drugs. <laughs> Hold on, if I look okay. up what is. I was I was just starting to look it up. Let's have a look. I think. I, oh right, uh, it's MDMA or ecstasy. Oh, it's ecstasy. Oh, okay, Molly. That's what people call it here, Molly. Molly. Or Molly or E. People call it Molly or E here. America has so many different words for things. Yes, we do. Yeah, uh, but then again, half the words that you have over there are different over here as well. Like one thing I'll never understand about Americans is they call football soccer, but most of the rest of the world call it football. I don't understand that either. Like, truthfully, like, our American football, like, did they just get, like, I, I like, why? What, did they did they just not know another name to call it? And they're like, you know what, that one sounds good. Let's just take that, and then we'll just, we'll just change, we'll just change this other one to a different name. Like, what where, I, I don't understand it. What they've done, really, is just taken rugby and altered it slightly to be more American. You know, it's it's definitely not unlike the U.S. to just take something that isn't theirs and then just, like, change it and claim it's theirs. So, you know, there's that. I mean, well, I mean let, let's not test the U.S. too much. We don't need you getting evicted from your own country. All of a sudden, you just never hear from me again. <laughs> <laughs> Like, where did she go and just like suddenly i'm like you see just like a video of me and i'm like blinking and you're like blink twice if you need help and it's like me, i am safe me and matt will have to try and smuggle you into the uk there we go i'll take refugee over there you take refugee in edinburgh if you can pronounce it nope come on i want to hear you. <laughs> i want to hear it it's, it's edinburgh right yeah you got it <laughs> see on the first try Bam, yeah. got it. I'm gonna, now I don't I'm ever gonna, have to say it again. I'm going to send you one on Facebook then. I'm going to want to see how you try to this. I'm so curious. Oh, this oh, is going to be funny. <laughs> yeah, so at that point, um, the, Courtney looked at her phone, changed the app to read one of the messages I sent, and, um, well, it caused the call to end. But we'll we get back to it. Whoops. <laughs> Apparently you're not allowed to leave the app when you're That's recording. Cool. Fun fact for anyone who's never used Anchor before. Yeah, don't, don't, don't test the app too much. I need to be able to use it for my podcasts. <laughs> Learning new things. Apparently, not allowed. Don't just don't touch it. Is what I've learned. Yeah, put it on like the table or the couch or whatever, and just look at the screen. I, I I'm have... not even touching it anymore. Just throwing my phone across the room. <laughs> well, that's, that's not helpful when I'm trying to ask you to see how you pronounce certain places. You're right. You're right. I guess I could that's... also have my laptop in front of me. I could also have more than one screen. A concept. That's that's true. Did you manage to hear look at that particular location? Okay, yes, and I think I got it because I was like trying to break it up into different things. I think it's oh shoot, is it is it like Ocker Maki or something like that? 
<laughs> I knew it was going to be like that. Right, do you want to know what it actually sounds like? Yeah. Ochter Mochti. Okay, so I was... You were. Say, that, should... say that in an American accent, and it's basically the same thing. Ochter Mochti? Yeah, it's basically what I just said, right? Roll the tape. Oh, wait a minute. You've, you've didn't put the on the the och or the mach. <laughs> I och or mach. I I can't. I och or mach. Honestly, this that if I, <laughs> oh, I did, you know what? I'm gonna give myself a solid eight out of ten. I'll get honestly just for the effort. I'm gonna I'll give you a higher. I'm gonna give you a nine point five just because it was oh. so funny. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You cut and you're like, eh? What, what, how do you pronounce that? <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's not the weirdest one I've ever seen. Like there wasn't a silent cue in there or something. But honestly, I, there are a few of them that I could probably find for you. Oh. <laughs> you know, let's just let's just let's just you know we're we we've already like got a nine point five. There's no need to go anywhere else from there. I'm gonna send you one. You don't need to try and pronounce oh, that. I just, I just want you to think how complicated you think this one is to pronounce. Hold on. Eclafan. I don't know. I gave it a French accent. I don't know. Sorry to anyone who's yeah, French. You just heard that. The way you said it made it sound more German than French, to be honest. <laughs> Sorry to anyone who's German who also heard that as well. <laughs> no, it's it's Eckelfecken. That's exactly what I just said. I don't know what you're talking about. I said that perfectly. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's the American accent, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's clearly my Midwest American accent. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna be laughing at that for the next week. Like that's the that, that's my favorite part of any podcast so far. Like that tops the that tops the Avengers story without a doubt. I maybe maybe I don't know. That one is still that's still pretty high up there. I don't know. Was, you know what sucks is that the rest of my stories aren't like anywhere as good as that one. So like that, I although I take that back, I do have a really good traveling story that I, I've told on my TikTok a very long time ago. But um, that's like up there with like top of like top three stories of like my life is like that one right there. Again? Just give us an end story to laugh on. And, oh, oh, another story to laugh. Oh, I'll I'll leave the other one for the end of this podcast because it's really good. It's another dating one, which is just great because I just. Oh, yeah. Because apparently I just have really good stories about my love life, so. <laughs> what was um, I was going to say when we were talking about theatre was how you briefly mentioned the diva thing. What you were describing with the way you done things, the first thing that popped into my head is, oh, she's more like Sharpay than anyone actually realised. <laughs> okay, so like that's the thing, is that, so I was obsessed with Sharpay Evans as a child and like yeah. to this day 25 year old me is still pretty much convinced that I am still Sharpay Evans and I love Ashley Tisdale and Sharpay's character so much she was villainized for no reason Sharpay is not the villain and I truly did like as a kid think I was Sharpay um I had I had like Sharpay merchandise I had a parking spot plate that said like fabulous parks here <laughs> I I thought I was Sharpay 
and there's like aspects of my life where I'm like oh yeah that was definitely like a short pain moment but like also at the end of the day she's just a boss ass bitch who knows what she wants and is going to do what she wants and I'm like you know what let's celebrate that why did we villainize that Sharpay is queen the only thing that um about high school musical that makes me think is who should have actually ended up with who oh yeah well Oh, gosh. See, I think a lot into, like, relationships and stuff like this. So I I don't think that Taylor and Chad would have ended up together. Taylor is so, like, focused on her career and who she is. And it feels like to me that Chad would just end up being, like, East High's basketball coach. And he just, like, would, like, support her. But I feel like at the end of the day, he would, like, feel like he was always falling short and, like, wouldn't be able to support her. So I don't think that they would last. Um, why did anyone try to even say that, like, Ryan was straight because, like, that no. Um, that was, Kelsey, you know, it was like 2000 and like 2006 and 2008 Disney that they would they weren't brave enough to cross that, so they decided oh, right. wait until oh. we make a TV series. Oh, definitely. And I'm pretty sure that like Lucas Graybill came out recently and like in an interview, like within the past two years, and was like, Yeah, like, there's no way. There's no way. Like, but we just couldn't do it. And I'm pretty sure Kenny Ortega commented on it as well. Um, Sharpay, let's be real. Well, she would have found somebody like Zeke's cute and all, and like he he made her cookies, but like she would have found somebody in New York City when she was like starring on Broadway. She would have found some like high roller in finance on Wall Street who would have been able to like continue supporting her and like Sharpay's not really needy so she'd be like great I only need to see you like three days a week and that's enough and that's it so like she would find some guy who was like that and be completely content um and then she would still want to be with Troy though for some reason that always confused me I'm like she only likes him because he's like cute like it just to to me I'm like Sharpay you can do so much better than Troy I think it was more of a popularity thing because you know like if the kind of popular girl at school decides to go out with the um like that t- the captain of the basketball team you know that's oh definitely it's, it's definitely just, definitely yeah. and i i honestly think that probably troy and gabriella i think troy was so dumb to give up his like scholarship i on, honestly i've only seen high school musical three like maybe once or twice so i could be misspeaking here but i'm pretty sure he gave up a scholarship to yeah, he, go... decided, he got offered that for U of A um, to go with Chad, but he decided to go to Berkeley, I think. Yeah, so he like I I think that that was a mistake because like I okay, so like I totally get following your dreams and like following like who you want to be and like supporting someone you love, but like timeline wise, Troy and Vin- Troy Troy and Vanessa Troy and Gabriella meet. <laughs> The beginning of their what junior year, so they run their like 16, 17, and then they date for like two years, and then it's like high school musical three, right? Like, I, I, to me, I think the reason I get so like worked up about this is because I like met my high school sweetheart when I was 16, and then like we dated, and then I decided to go to a different school from him, like you know, 1500 miles away from him, and like I obviously we broke up we're not together anymore uh shout out to him um he's a cool dude um but I'm like dude like I just like I can't imagine trying to stay somewhere 
like for somebody like he had so many opportunities and he just like stayed and was like which is great but like what is the percentage of people who end up with a high school sweetheart like very very slim and like I get that they were doing like I totally get it it's fantasy it's high school musical it is it is the whole thing but like I just my fear when I saw that I was like oh my god they're gonna like all these girls who are gonna see this are gonna be like I'm gonna follow my high school sweetheart wherever he goes and be like no honey he's gonna call you one day when you're halfway through your freshman year and tell you he just can't do it anymore that's gonna happen or he'll anyway. just leave you when you're pregnant too clearly this is something I'm very passionate about that I didn't realize I was this passionate about but seriously <laughs> oh well yeah always learn something new during a podcast don't you that's clearly I'm very, very, very passionate about, you know, high school romance. One of the things that um, I know you'll cover this with Matt, but um, like there was the kind of hinting at the end of the, if no one's seen it yet, um, don't listen to this like next few minutes, but uh, the ending of the Royal Wedding for Descendants, there was the kind of hint towards it not being finished. Yes. They are going to Wonderland. A Disney Plus series. What do you think that they should keep from the, like, what we've got in the trilogy and what they should get rid of? Like, you, as you know what I've said in the past, that I don't think that we should focus it on one character. Like, we don't need another Mal character. We need a group to focus on. Like, character development. We did get some for each character, you know, like, we got to, and Basically, um, Descendants 2 and 3, we got some of the building towards Carlos, you know, like him and Jane. Then, for some reason, they decided Descendants 1, there was the whole brief moment with Jay and Audrey, and then Descendants 2, it's Jay and Lonnie, and Descendants 3, it's Jay and Harry, which, yeah, I mean, ship that, but at the same time, <laughs> give him a partner for once, stop, like, messing him about, the poor guy. And then, yeah. I'd love, I want to see more about, like, the consequences of bringing the vil- like letting all the villains out because I guarantee it's not it's even though it's Disney it's not going to be sunshine and roses there's yes. no way we, like there's going to be some of them who fall back to their own ways like I guarantee Ursula at some point would probably do like some sort of trickery Dr. Facilier as well yeah so it's interesting I'm so excited that they're continuing it on uh, first of all, very excited about that. Because um, it's just such a solid franchise that, like, you, it, they would be giving up so much if they just stopped it right now. And I'm so excited to see that they're continuing on with it. Um, I, I agree. I don't think we need to see any more of Ben and Mel. And I think that storyline is done. We're done with it. Um, how many, I love how many it. I love it. Yeah, I like, I love, I, you know, love them. I'm done with their storyline. Their story's done. Um, but I would love to see more of these, like, new characters. Like, truthfully, I was fully expecting them to tease something about, like, another, like, character that maybe we've, like, kind of seen a little bit before. But, like, now we're, now I'm like, oh, my gosh, evil, like, or, you know, the, the Queen of Hearts. I wasn't even, like, my mind didn't even cross there. And it's so exciting to see that they're, like, actually going to, go and do this so I'm excited to see like like what are they gonna do with that maybe there's some villains that never actually made it onto the aisle like and I agree like I'd love to see some villains just be like true 
villains and you know the the queen has a temper like i'd love to see that like just come into like fruition and i think it would be cool for them to have the opportunity and i you know with this like it's similar to i think what you and i were like texting about like high school musical musical the series is like they had like they would have plenty of opportunities and if they wanted the original cast to come back and and my guess is that it's going to be animated like i don't think that they can do live action um but if they did like you know they could have opportunities for like jay to come do a cameo or um for evie to stop in and i would love for dizzy and celia to be like a huge part of it um i could care less about i could not care less about the twins um squeaky and squirmy that was kind of useless about that. Like, no offense to the actors that played them, even though like they got a starring role in a Disney movie for about like in total maybe about three minutes of screen time. It was just it was a waste. They just needed waste. oh, we've got Dizzy for Evie, we have Celia for Mal, but now we need to casually pick two random children of an old man pirate. How on earth he was able to even conceive those kids is unbelievable. Exactly. <laughs> he's got it's, he's got jeans like. <laughs> I mean, like there are so many other opportunities. Like, why didn't we just have like? I mean, obviously, clear. I think they already had the plan for Descendants. Like when Descendants three was in production, I think they already had the plan about the royal wedding. So I get why like the evil queen's daughter wasn't in it. But like, there's so many other villains that like we could have brought in and um had more fun with like I would love to see like I would love to see uh Yzma like have a son remember his new groove like I think that would be hilarious I know that um the costume designer um her name is Kara San uh I follow her on Instagram she's great um she posted god this was a while ago it was probably like a year or so ago she posted um concept art that she had created for these characters that Disney had basically like told her they're like hey like if you if there was any characters of like any villains that like we haven't introduced yet what would you do and she created this concept art and she posted it on her Instagram so now I'm like I I honestly I haven't gone back and looked but now I'm like oh are those gonna be characters that we're gonna see like I there's so many more avenues that we can take with it and I'm and I'm really excited that they're not letting the the franchise uh, go away. I mean, like, with Disney Plus being, like, the go-to thing for existing franchises, I kind of want them to also make a, like, a Disney Plus series around Camp Rock, whether it be, like, the origins of it, like, the first couple of years, or, like, building on, like, 10 years after, like, Shane and Mitchie and all that, like, are finished there, mainly because, like, yeah, it... The second film wasn't as good as the first, and that's why they didn't do a third. But that's a perfect reason to give us a Disney Plus series on it. Give us a oh. cameo for one of the Jonas Brothers or something. That would be incredible. I fully support that. That's something that's never even crossed my mind of like a Camp Rock series. But like, that would be so, first of all, it's like built in for them to just have a perfect series on this. It's like, you know each season is one week of Camp Rock and each season is just a brand new year and you know you can rotate characters that are seniors who aren't going to be returning you can bring in like guest stars of people who were in there in the past and that would be so cool I fully support it Disney hey if you hear this give us the give us the rights to that cool 
if Disney are listening to this podcast, one, I'm either going to get sued for kind of speaking poorly about um, one or two of the songs in the first episode that you were in, but <laughs> I hope I don't get sued. But Disney, you know, you aren't going to get sued. Yeah, this is you're totally fine. Disney, if you ever want, you know, two um, actors to appear in that particular Disney Plus series, you know, just get me and Courtney on the line, you know, but I'll, I'll travel to America and everything, you know, just let me get involved. Um, I just purely request that the show has a uh, production of Legally Blonde and I get cast as Elwood. Thank you. <laughs> that has to be in your contract that my character must at least get one scene as the lead in Legally Blonde during Truthfully, this. Truthfully, I would be so content. I would be so content. I honestly, like, if, and I, this is low-key part of, like, my, like, dreams of if I had a million dollars. If at some point in my life there was a stage that just had like the Legally Blonde set on it and I could just sing so much better with like the full like ensemble and everything if I could just do that that's it I would be content like I would love to do the whole show but like if I could just sing the song so much better on a stage with like everybody and just doing that I would be content kill me now I'm ready to die bury me that's all I need Oh, you'll just be like, you'll finish the song, you'll just like put your um, arms across your chest and then you'll just fall into the coffin smiling. Exactly. That's all I need. Just bury me alive as always. Well, that, that, that's, that went a bit dark, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's, there's actually a few um, like Disney movies that obviously we discussed that say deserve live action, but I think that there's a few of them that if they do live action maybe make them prequels first like for example um like what i mentioned last one like we we love treasure planet i'd love to find out what happened to um the guy like his dad you know because we during the film we see him leaving but either explain it in a sequel in a like the live action sequel or a tv series or a prequel because there it's see it's obvious they were hinting towards it. I know it's a cliche but do it because it, one, it gives us more treasure planet which we need and two, it gives us more treasure planet. Yeah. You know what's so funny is I was on the phone with one of my uh, best friends um, shout out Mary, love you um, <laughs> and she and I were talking the other day and I, and I you know, she was asking me what I had spoken about on the podcast and I was, we were talking about like live actions and stuff and before I'd even said anything that you had said, she was like where is Treasure Planet? Where is that live action? Like she was like so <laughs> passionate about it and I was like this is a side of you I've never seen before. Like she I did not know she had this like dying urge for Treasure Planet but apparently she did and I was just giggling about it because I listen if Treasure Planet got a, a prequel, a sequel, live action, she would be happy. And it was just funny because I was fully not expecting her to like have this big of a reaction to it. And I hadn't even said a single thing about it. And apparently, you are not the only one with those thoughts. See, uh, what I've done is I connected to her mind telepathically, even though I don't know who she is, and communicated it. I'm spreading it to everyone. Hey, if you just keep doing that, maybe Disney will hear you. But I'll just sh- I'll just hold a sign outside like Walt Disney Studios, like make live action Trisha Planet. I mean, there's so many people that would support that, like getting a live action for Treasure Planet. Like, I, you probably, you would you would have so many people that would support you in that. Yeah, if anyone watch um listen watching this listening to this 
ever thinks that that's a good idea, you know, just comment on one of the um, posts on the, the Gibbering Podcast Instagram page. I just thought I'd do a wee bit of promotion there. <laughs> but comment it and Slip say that, that in there. I, I mean, you got you slide in your your references to your friends. You know, I thought I'll, it's my podcast. I'm promoting my Instagram. <laughs> there you go. But don't worry, guys. You, I'll, I'll be nice as well. Um, you should check out Courtney Charming on Instagram as well and TikTok. Yes, check me out there. And yeah, that's, those are really the two only places I have a YouTube. But like I said, I'm quite possibly the worst. It's been like two weeks since we recorded our last podcast. I haven't done a single thing for it. So, um, but yeah. I'm there. I'm on there. I mean, I made a YouTube channel for the podcast because I thought to myself, oh, I might actually just get the audio and then like maybe put a couple of images on the front and like obviously mark it for copyright if I ever like put up an image of like say Melody from Little Mermaid or Treasure Planet's logo or something like that. But I've just sat here all the time like record it, make sure that the um, like the audio and all that's working, and then I essentially just completely forget about youtube if anything i'll wait until i've got decent equipment and then i can just like do all that and but honestly it's just half and half you youtube's an investment i have like a really nice camera i have really nice lighting equipment i've had lighting equipment ever since i like ran my character company but like i got like a really nice camera i have really nice mics which I've had, like, mics for, um, like, because I do a lot of, like, singing and recording songs and things like that. So I have nice mics, but, like, it's the actual, like, sitting down and doing it that's hard. And, and the editing, honestly, is, is the worst part. So, like, oh, I recorded a, a video in 20 minutes. That's great. It'll take me three hours to edit. And then it'll take approximately seven hours for YouTube to process it and upload it in HD. Just think of what that was, like, maybe, like, 10 years ago. It would have taken even longer. Oh, it did. I mean, I. <laughs> it's very, very, very hidden on YouTube. I can tell you this much. But one of my, uh, she's actually soon to be my roommate. Um, one of my childhood best friends, she and I had like five random videos on YouTube. Um, and I, they, they're awful. They're absolutely awful. They're trash. But I just remember it took us forever to upload them because they like, they, they were only like three minutes long because they were like song covers but they took forever and that was that was 10 years ago i was i was 15 when we did that like honestly like the first like i've deleted actually every single video that i posted when i originally tried to make a gaming channel just live streaming with sean like one of the oldest videos i can remember playing online with him was like season three of fortnite so that was like early 2018 but then doing a lot of really cringy solo playthroughs of like um, the Batman Arkham games but also me making an absolute fill out of myself playing the horror game Alien Isolation live streaming it so when the alien walks through the door and I start screaming like I'm about to shit myself it's not very helpful <laughs> don't think we've cut off again I'm going to be editing so much of this. Are you, are you there? Yeah, yeah. You went quiet for a second. <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden it said, like, unable to connect and just, like, completely went out. And I was like, oh, poor thing. He's going to have to edit a lot of this. <laughs> yeah, I literally just said that. <laughs>
Yeah, well, now I'm back. Here I am. Yeah. Um, did you hear? What did you last hear? Oh God, you're asking somebody with the memory of a goldfish. Um. Uh, uh, Fortnite. Right. So the last thing you had was Fortnite. Right. Um. Basically, when I had a YouTube channel, well, a gaming YouTube channel before I deleted it, I played Fortnite with Sean, and then I done a lot of solo. Video games like um, the Batman Arkham games, you still mm-hmm. I'm just making yep. sure you're still for that bit. <laughs> but yep. I also played horror games, and you know, live streaming that was not a very good idea. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, I was playing. Um, you, you've heard of the Alien franchise, yeah? Yes. Like the weird xenomorph things. Like I w- there was a game called Alien Isolation. For the PS4, it's actually on the Switch now, but I'm too scared to play it in the middle of the night, right up in my face. But um, like that game, uh, the alien can essentially be anywhere. So if you come out of a vent from hiding and the alien walks through the door that you're about to walk through, you honestly end up almost shitting yourself. Oh my God, like, kind of like the dog that I had to sit? Well, well, well kind of, except this particular dog, <laughs> as you would put it, is a, like, almost eight foot tall thing with razor sharp teeth and will happily tear your face off limb from limb. Sounds exactly like the dog that I just sat. Except it's not covered in shit. Except it's not covered in shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I honestly hope the people that you were dogs in for never hear that part of the podcast anyway. I I don't think they will. They yeah. they I don't <laughs> think that they will. They don't need to know that we just compared the their puppy to a xenomorph. That's pretty pretty freaking close, though. <laughs> Have you seen what is he, Honestly, if you look up a xenomorph... I'm not allowed screen, to touch my phone. I can't look anything up, so... I'm going to say... I'll send you a photo after the podcast is done. <laughs> Sounds good. I don't want to get in trouble by touching my phone again. <laughs> you make it sound like you, you've been grounded, like... <laughs> You essentially have anchor essentially, has essentially I have anchor has grounded me. I'm not allowed to touch it. Since uh, I'm not sure we covered much of it, but um, see when it comes to school, is there any classes that like you have that you know you don't think that other places might have? Like just name a bunch of your classes that you usually oh. done, and I'll tell you. If um, you have forget industri- like forget maths forget- and all that because everyone has that. Oh, okay. Industrial tech, like workshop. We had uh, we had something similar to that. I can't remember what we called it, but um, we done like, a lot of like woodwork stuff. Okay, yeah, that was basically like wood wood woodworking. It's hard to say. Um, okay, I'm trying to think. I'm like going through all my like classes that I ever took. Um, um, oh god, I forget what it was called, but it's basically like home economics. Did you ever have to oh, do yeah, that? That's cooking. Yeah, cooking, that one. Um, we had a sewing class we had to take. Nope, we never had that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, lots of sewing. Um, we had to do that. Let's see. Um, mostly these were middle school, so, like, um, around, like, 12 to 14 years old. In high school, you could kind of customize your schedule to be a little bit more, like, for things that you like. So I took debate because I was really good at debate. Um, and I took choir. So, um, there were some classes, like we took like psychology and sociology, but those like, those weren't anything like crazy different. 
um, we had a lot of um, like video production classes. So essentially, uh, what I can get from that is that my school was just basic as fuck. Because what we had was, you know, we had maths, English. For the first two years, we had science, instead because you were mixing um, physics and biology and chemistry into mm -hmm. one for the first couple of years. And then you get to choose which one you want to do. It didn't matter for me because I failed chemistry anyway, LMAO. <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> you know what? That's so funny that you failed chemistry. So, um, it's okay. I already have a degree. And so I, I can say this. So, um, so in my high school, I, <laughs> a little bit, um, but it wasn't yeah. like you didn't know. So in, in high school, I had this chemistry teacher and it was my junior year. Yes. Cause this is when legally blonde was happening. So I was like 16, 17. Um, I took chemistry and I didn't take advanced chemistry. I just took chemistry because I knew the teacher, his name was Mr. Bailey. Um, he, like he structured his class so that nobody would fail and he was also just this big dork um and we <laughs> we, we loved him but he was such a dork and um he was um he structured his class so that if you all of your homework you graded yourself so obviously everyone got a you know a 10 out of 10 um you graded your own quizzes so obviously everyone got a 10 out of 10 and then for exams, which everyone failed because no one actually knew what we were doing, um, he would let you take your quizzes home and or, or your exams home. And um, if you just went through the questions and like answered like, oh, I had answered C because I thought of this, but the actual answer was A because of this, this, and this, then he would give you half credit back. So everyone was at least guaranteed like 100% of homework, 100% of quizzes, and then you could get up to like a C or like a 70% in your, on your exams. So everyone passed with like a B. And then there was people who actually like genuinely cared about chemistry and they like did, you know, spectacular. But the rest of the class, we all were like, we're just here because we know that we can grade our own stuff. And I did that to get my science credit. And it was great. It was my like first period of the day. So I was there at like 7 25 in the morning because i don't know why our school started so early um um yeah so school started at i think our bell rang at 7 20 in the morning and then there was and then there were some students who were um i don't know I, I think you guys have this over there who were international baccalaureate students um I I, international baccalaureate which basically means it's like a very special degree that's um that's recognized internationally and had to actually be at school at 620 because they took an extra class before everybody else. I was not one of those because I was, I like my sleep. Um, <laughs> so I was like, I'm never going to be an IB student. Also, these were like people who had like 4.8 GPAs and like went to Harvard and things like that. They went to like all the IBs. So I was, I was never a part of that crew. Um, but yeah, no, that was, uh, that was my first period of the day was sitting in, uh, sitting in chemistry with Mr. Bailey, who was just a complete dork. And he like, he would just say the most ridiculous stuff. And like, when I say that, I mean, like he would, he would be sitting on his desk and he'd be like, so did anybody when they were children, just like 
cut off two different sides of extension cords and like plug them into the wall and then plug the wires together to see what would happen and cause like flames in their house. And then we would all sit there and look at him like he was crazy. And then he'd be like, oh, no, just me. Okay. This guy, like, he deserves to... This guy needs to make his own TikTok and just share things like that. Um, he was, I mean, so what's funny is I'm, I'm actually like running around my room trying to find it. Um, so he said the most crazy thing that by the end of my uh, junior year, I thought he was so funny that I had written down every single funny thing he would say and the date. And so then, um, like in my planner, so then at the end of the year, at the end of the class, I typed it all out and put like his picture on it and then like printed it out for everybody in the class to keep and like put in their yearbooks. And it was like Mr. Bailey's random quotes of the day. Because <laughs> they're they're really good. And I I really wish I could find them. I know that they're they're in my bedroom somewhere, but I'm in the process of moving. So I know that they are they are not easily accessible. But if I find them, I'll send you a picture of them so you can see and you can like post it to your Instagram if you want to, because they're just excellent quotes. This guy sounds like he'd be my hero like. <laughs> He's just he was just a funky dude. He just like he one day he was we were doing a, an experiment he was like now the perfect catalyst for this experiment would be blood and he like pulls out a knife and he's like and all of us are like is this dude seriously about to just cut himself and he's like but I won't do that and he just terrified us he was just this like really quirky dude he got really excited one day when he found out that there's a tape that you can buy that instead of using adhesive it uses suction cups oh. like very dorky dude but we loved him. The thing is, what you were saying that everyone was guaranteed a pass in that class, I can tell you right now that I would be the student in that class that somehow still failed. <laughs> like, uh, when it, uh, this is one of the things when I found out that I am um, not particularly the best at um, maths was, um, I think it was maybe in third year, which at uh, that third year that I was going to turn 15 in that year um you get before you get your like prelims and exams you'll get nabs and which is basically the kind of like mini uh, um, exams and yeah i was called to the department head's office well it is classroom and my um, parents were also called because i got 2.5 percent oh that's special Oh, you think? <laughs> That's, What's funny, you know, uh, it's, it's impressive, truthfully. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, I, I totally aimed that low. But um, <laughs> what's interesting about that, that was for level five, I think, for um, numeracy or maths, whatever people want to call it. It's college called it numeracy. High school kind of called it maths sometimes. But um, when I went my most recent year at college, I finally managed to pass what was the equivalent of higher. And I'm like, right, Callan, it took you almost 10 years, but you've done it. <laughs> hey, all that matters is that you did it. Yeah, but the version that we've done at college is basically like a really stripped down version. So we only do certain things. But as soon as the tutor at college mentioned standard deviation, I was like, oh, no, it's going to happen again. Oh, gosh, I haven't heard that phrase in a while. You just gave me like PTSD right there. Standard deviation is like the hell of high school for me. Well, a geometry right. was really like a geometry was the worst for me. I could do like I was really good at algebra and um, 
like if you need me to find decks I can find decks for you that's not an issue but like geometry really was the ending of me was you geometry I'm trying to think what geometry is again because I've not done that in years is that like locations <laughs> no uh geometry no uh that's uh no that uh geometry is like shapes and like sine cosine um finding um oh god what are they called like the rules of like uh, or i don't know honestly i haven't done it in like probably 20 years at this point but um not 20 years, 15 years. Um, not that old. Um, but it's it's awful. Geometry is awful. It's just like, you know, finding the, I don't know, the sign of the parallelogram with blah, 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 blah. I don't know. It's awful. I got geography confused with geology. <laughs> That's okay. Hey, you know what? They don't even teach that in um, America. They don't even teach, like, geography in America. So it's fine. I've not done geography for <laughs> I've got that wrong Sean is never going to let me hit the end of that but getting that wrong like it's been what maybe about well definitely about nine-ish years because you get the choice after second year to do any like a certain class that you want and you get to choose what you want to do besides like English math and everything we had a class at high school called English, not where you learn English, because you already know that, but where you learn about, like, poets and, like, different yeah. styles of writing. Why call yeah. it English when you're doing things about writing? Like, come on, man. French and German, you learn about the language. You learn how to speak it, how to write it. But no, in the middle of English, what you're doing, you're learning about Shakespeare. So a lot now that I've seen, because I have two sisters that are younger than me and they're both, uh, one is in middle school and one's in high school. And um, from what I've seen, a lot of like schools now are changing the terminology. And like when you're in high school and you're learning about like poetry and like literature, it's now ELA, which is English Literature Arts. Um, so it's like English slash literature arts and learning that. So I think it is changing, but like, yeah, same as, same as you. I had like English, like English 10 was like my sophomore year class. And it was, I was reading about, um, Tom Sawyer. I mean, I've heard of Tom Sawyer, but I've never like, I've heard of him in like TV. I've never Oh, well, let me TV. tell you, I can tell you all about Tom Sawyer. So like, in like Tom Sawyer's Island. It's a okay, so because I'm from Missouri and like there's um like Mark Twain, who is the author of like all the you know well, stories like Twain. that. Yeah, he's from Missouri. So like everything in Missouri is named after Mark Twain. <laughs> so <laughs> um and Walt Disney is from Marceline, Missouri. And so a lot of things in like Disney are referenced to like like that's why there's Tom Sawyer's Island. Um, and like Main Street USA is like modeled after Marceline, Missouri. Um, and anyway, but that is uh, Tom Sawyer and like Mark Twain were like a huge part of like my upbringing in Missouri. Cause like that's, there was an entire like unit every single year of like, let's talk about Mark Twain. Cause like, because we're from there, obviously we have to talk about that. <laughs> I was just looking up, um, like when you mentioned Mark Twain, I was like, I've, I recognize that from somewhere else because 
I'm looking it up, and obviously when you get like depictions in TV and movies, mm-hmm. um, he's I just re- realised where he was from, and he's been uh, obviously someone played this character because it's based in the past, but um, his character's been in an episode of my favourite TV series, Murdoch Mysteries, and he was yep. who, who was he played by? Um, I don't want to say it out loud because I'll get it wrong. Um, because I I already got geology and geography mixed up. I didn't need to. <laughs> <screw that again. laughs> I'm going to quickly look up this guy's biography just to make sure I'm not completely screwing this up because you know I, I don't want to see more of a dum dum than I already have so far. That's okay. We won't hold it against you. I can't speak mm-hmm. for Sean now. <laughs> you won't, Sean. Well, my brother, if he hears us, he will. <laughs> I've, got the name, I've got the name of a street wrong, wrong in Glasgow the other day. My dad's still taking a piss out of me. <laughs> yeah, you never. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, it was, it was William Shatner played Mark Twain. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Thank goodness for that. I, I had to look that up. I was like, yeah, I, I think it's him. I think it's him. He looks a little bit older now, but I think it's him. Don't get it wrong or you'll punch yourself. Honestly, if I if you went to the same high school as me, you would look at me with oh shame. <laughs> oh, I mean, I was never like I was never like the smartest person in high school, but I also like I wasn't necessarily like dumb per se. I just I was like selective where I put my talents, and like I if I knew I wasn't going to be good at something, I was like I'm not going to try to like push myself at this. Whereas the the mentality in my high school was just like, go, go, go. Like everyone wanted to go to the Ivies. Everyone wanted to just like be as like, we were just, you know, really overworked and um, had no sleep high schoolers. Um, and I just figured out pretty quickly where my strengths were. And I was like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not going to put my strengths towards this, but I will put my strengths towards this. I figured that out very very quickly in high school um but I wasn't also like a social person at all in high school either I just kind of like I knew who my friends were and I didn't really try to go out of that area everyone when you have like your friend circle at high school you kind of like to stick there but did you ever get that thing when someone from well I'm not sure um if you were more popular in high school well you definitely were more popular in high school than I was I was in like the, the, not like the lowest area of unpopular, I don't think, but I was definitely, <laughs> I was definitely down there because it was just me and my group of pals. We were all just like the fucking geeky weirdo guys. I like, was. I was kind I, of. I was, you guys were like, um, like the fo- the popular folk were kind of like the Troy, the Chad, all the like the high level folk, and then I was like Jimmy the Rocket Zara in High School Musical three. <laughs> So the the structure of my high school of like popularity was just kind of weird because my high school is so big. So like my graduating class was 436. And so like total in my high school, there was like over 2000 students. So there really couldn't be a huge hierarchy because like nobody knew everybody. Um, but within the grades, there was definitely like, um, or within the classes, there was definitely like, structures of some sort it it, in my high school it had to do with money 
if you were rich, you were popular. If you were not rich, you weren't popular. If you could afford the new things, you were very popular. If your family owned a huge store in town, you were popular. Um, if you lived in a certain part of the neighborhood, you were popular. If you donate to the theater department, you might get popular. If you donate to the theater department, you will probably get the lead. Um, so it, that's kind of how it, kind of how the structure of it was. There was, but to be to be honest, like a lot of like the wicked smart kids who were just like who who ended up going to the Ivies, um, they were also crazy popular too. Um, but they were like all heavily involved. Honestly, like the footballers and the which is American football I should clarify. Um, and the, the, um, like all, all the athletes, they weren't necessarily like top tier popularity at all. It was, it truthfully had more to deal with your family's money and where you came from, um, and, um, who you would associate with and hang out with on the weekends. Um, if you were, so I was in this weird position, um, and I'm not, I'm actually, I don't know how old you are, but um, for me, like in middle school, you're 23. Okay. So probably around the same time. So like around like 14 is when everyone started getting cell phones, but they were like flip phones. Right. Um, <laughs> and so like you were, you were considered popular if you had like a sidekick flip phone or something like that, or like the, like the Motorola, Motorola razor, whatever, like it was more about like the material things you had and less about like who you really were. But then there was also like the girls who thought they were like legitimately cats or horses. And those were like psychos. Um, but it was just, it was just really, it was really based on material things. Um, and the, the smarter kids ended up being like the really, really popular ones. Um, and I just fell into this weird, like middle spot of, I really don't give a shit and um I was just like I was on the debate team and it wasn't like the debate team was popular but it wasn't like we weren't unpopular there was a lot of really smart and really there was a lot of like big athletes on our team and um there was like there was really smart people and really popular people on our team but there was also just like total weirdos um so it was just kind of this like the debate club was kind of like my little sanctuary where I, I really only socialized within the debate club. I didn't really socialize outside of it. Um, and with it, <laughs> I kind of want to know what you meant by weirdos. Like, are we talking like weirdo weirdos or creepy weirdos? Both. Like, <laughs> Jesus. Just, there, there was just crazy. There was just crazy people in high school. I mean, when you go to school, it's so insanely large. You just find people from all forms of life and what'd you say is this the high school that was in a field yes my high school was in the middle of a cornfield <laughs> yes it was uh mm-hmm. it was in the middle of a cornfield and it's also larger than the university that i went to um which is just kind of crazy um but yeah it's uh it was just like and for me like when i think of like the popular versus the unpopular i think of like within the debate club because I truly like only stayed within the debate club I was such like I I was a nerd in that aspect so I think of like who was popular in that versus like who wasn't popular within the debate club I don't know I really Mm -hmm. tried not to think of it and I was I was just really close with like my friends and then like my junior year when I started dating my high school sweetheart we started hanging out with like because he was from another school so we started hanging out with them and I very rarely like actually hung out with 
anybody outside of the debate club, which is kind of lame. But um, I I still have very close friends from high school, so I mean it's just like, it's just weird. High school is yeah, weird I mean, overall. Like Sean, obviously, he's been my one of my best pals since first year, and then um, one of my mates, Sam, he's been the same. He went to the same primary school, so we kept in contact there, but it's very rare that I speak to someone from high school that I um, that I like usually spoke to. Like There was mm-hmm. one lady that I um, used to sing with in music. She actually ended up going across to America to, I think she studied music. Not sure where she went to study, and I'm not going to stalk her Facebook page to find out, but um, <laughs> I don't need that. I don't need that kind of hassle. I, I, I'm really bad at like. I don't want to end up clicking something and then liking a post that's like two years old. Oh, we've all been there. Oh, like see, whenever I do that, I'm like, ah, no. Oh, it's the worst because then you're like, well, they definitely know. Yeah, it's annoying that even if you unlike the post, they still see the notification. Which then, at the same time, I sit there and I'm like, I don't look at my notifications of who's liked my photo. Like, I, I don't, and so then I'm like, why am I worried about if they're going to see it? Because I don't sit there and like all my notifications, but you know, maybe there are people that do. If it's in the middle of the night and you suddenly wake them up somehow, you're going to be like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. That's true. Oh, well, we don't actually, the first part of this podcast that for some reason decided to hang up because someone um, left the app for a moment and it disconnected them. No one in particular. I didn't know. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but um, I think that was maybe about 25 minutes. So if that's we're just under an hour and a half so far, that's not bad. Yeah, no, I got plenty of time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I think the um, the the cap for um, length for the podcast is two hours because anytime I've gotten close to two hours, it seems to like get a wee bit iffy so i'm like right if this gets too close to two hours i might just close it and then i'll just put a part one and part two here four there, hours you from there. <laughs> there you go if someone's sad enough to listen to me my scottish accent talk to someone in america with an american accent try to understand each other when someone says oh the muck there edinburgh it's gonna they've got nothing better to do with lives. <laughs> that's you're right but I mean, I've got Matt's going to listen to this and he's going to be like, I have one thing to talk to her about. This guy's going on about like, off the muffy. Why? <laughs> it's okay. Listen, I can talk about anything. I have opinions on everything. That doesn't sound very. Uh, that, 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 actually, that helps with your whole debate thing. You can debate anything. I can debate anything. I can see both sides of anything. It's what I was trained for four years to do. I'm very good at it. I'm also very good at speaking about something I have no idea what I'm talking about for an extended period of time. Because when I did debate in high school, a lot of the time, so the way that it's formatted is that, so for like the month of January, um, there's a topic. There's like topic A in January. Um, And this is for a specific type of debate I did, which is called public forum. Um, And so when you're debating topic A in January, you also know what topic B will be for February. So while you're debating a topic in January, you're also researching the topic for the next month. And that's how it continues on. 
So sometimes at the end of the month, like at the or the very beginning of the month, however you see it, um, you'll have a topic for like, you know, if it's the end of January, beginning of February, you will have just been spending four weeks talking about the US-China interdependence on the economy. And then the next month you have to sit there and talk about NSA domestic surveillance and if that benefits or like um, hurts the U.S. So you have to like, I got really good in high school about like BSing my way through um, anything. And it's actually funny. My, one of my last courses I ever had to take in college was a finance course. Um, I majored in business management and I had to take this finance course um, and I get up there and I can't talk about finance at all. Like that is just something I, I don't, I'm not thriving in. I can't talk about finance. I mean, like I can look at finances and understand them, but if you want to sit there and have me talk about the stock market, absolutely not. I can't. And our final project was um, us looking at um, a stock and um, being able to say if we would um, sell it or hold it. And um, <laughs> so I got like assigned some like insurance company and I get up there and I don't know anything about what I'm talking about. I know nothing. This is like my senior year of college. I've gone through like four years of school. I should be able to sit there and talk about if I want to hold or sell a stock. I have absolutely zero idea what I'm talking about. And I get up there and I've been in the course with a ton of finance majors and to anybody who's in finance, I'm sorry if this offends you, but finance majors can't talk. Like they can't give a presentation. They're really focused on the numbers. Like it's, it's just kind of painful to sit there. And some of them are very good. Like I have a very good friend who works in finance. She's very personable, but there are some out there who just cannot give a presentation. So I knew that I could go up there and talk. So I got up there and gave this whole like 10 minute presentation and was like very charismatic and was like, and this is exactly why you need to hold this stock and hold on to it because you're going to blah, 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 blah. Anyway, I couldn't even tell you what I was saying because truthfully, I have no idea what the hell I, I was saying. And I was just very convincing and I could just talk about it and just like was making up these like generic terms or whatever. I was just trying to get through the speech and get to the end. And luckily, like with debate, I have like quotes memorized too that like I would have to use in speeches. And so I would be like, Walt Disney once stated, I always like to look on the optimistic side of life, but I'm realistic enough to know that life is a complex matter. Okay, everyone in the class, we need to look realistically here today. Like I had fillers for days. And I get to the end of my speech and I was like, and that is why you need to hold. And it was a really a good speech. And um, my professor looks at me, he goes, that was incredible. That was so great. Everything you said was wrong, but you convinced me. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, great. And it was, and I got an, I got a hundred percent on that presentation because although I didn't actually do a, like, I didn't say a single thing correct. I said it with so much like passion that he was like, I got to give you credit for that. Like you like, I could tell you believed what you said. And I was like, to be honest, I have no idea what I just said. I have no idea what just came out of my mouth, but I'm glad that you think so. And I got a hundred percent. Honestly, if I tried that, I would have been like stopped after about 30 seconds and then just kicked it. I mean, I wish you, I wish you could have seen the faces of the people in there because they were like, yeah, that's true. And like, the, so you could tell the people that didn't understand finance in the class because the people that didn't understand thought I was doing great. The people that understood finance were like, what the hell is this girl talking about? Because I was clearly not. And I was like, I, I don't know what I'm talking about, truthfully. So anyway, truthfully, talents is BSing my way through anything. 
I'm not sure. I, I, I sometimes have that talent. It just depends on the subject. Yeah. Well, I can't do it on many subjects. Um, if, if you wanted me to talk about NASCAR driving, I could not tell you, talk to you about that in any capacity. I mean, neither could I. I, I, I I've got like one video game on my computer and it's Formula One and I've not touched it. And that was like one of the last times I ever played like a car related video game that doesn't include like Grand Theft Auto or anything like that. So mm-hmm. anything to do with NASCAR or Formula One or even like football, basketball, tennis, the Olympics, I have no idea. The only thing I can really remember that's memorable about the Olympics was when the Queen and James Bond skydives from a, a helicopter and in 2006 when David Tennant was the doctor, they travelled to the 2012 Olympics and David Tennant's doctor ended up lighting the Olympic top, um, like monument for everybody. That's like the only thing I remember about the Olympics and it wasn't even real. <laughs> I mean, they should, I think personally that because they've done it in Doctor Who, they should have had David Tennant do it at the actual Olympics in 2012 because that would have made the entire UK cheer. Well, uh, you should have talked to them about that then. Well, yeah, because because I definitely think that they were going to listen to, a, let's see, 2012, so a 14-year-old kid saying, oh, why did they do the thing that they did in Doctor Who six years ago? Hey, you know what? It could, it could have happened, but we'll never know. Well, I think you need to check who's, who's been running the um, country for the past, essentially, like five to ten years. They're horrible people. See, now you're going to get kicked out. Oh, on, no, I'm in Scotland. Nicola Sturgeon will protect me. It's the English <laughs> folk, the English um, government that I was referring to. <laughs> I gotcha. No, nothing against Matt, as long as he's no uh, conservative. <laughs> I couldn't tell you a single thing I know anything about England, so you'll have to talk to him about that. Yeah, eventually. I went, me and him will end up having some sort of like heated debate about politics somewhere on my podcast or his. I'm, ex- from, I'm excited to hear it. On his, it will go from discussing like the politics and descendants to me trying to make sure that he is not agreeing with Boris Johnson or something. Well, that'll be an interesting podcast for sure. That will be the most aggressive I'll ever be in a podcast. Looking forward to it. <laughs> Honestly, don't. I'll end up like deleting my entire podcast. <laughs> oh gosh. I'll privatize it. Sounds, sounds I'll only, messy. I won't let like you and Sean here. I'll privatize it for everyone else. Sounds be, perfect. It will be the only video on my uh, on the YouTube channel. It will be unlisted, where link only. <laughs> here you go, and then it'll be like divorced parents where you'll be like did not say anything today and I'll be like I don't know what you're talking about so Cameron how many people in politics did you offend today oh, I don't know, a couple of thousand <laughs> can you go a day without offending anyone uh, it depends on how angry I am there you go like, I see when it comes to video games I'm going to end up discussing this when I have Sean on again but like he hears the insults I come up with it's nothing like Racism, and I'll just call people stupid things. Like, I'll call people like upside down flamingos and things like that. Like, I don't know how it comes to me. I just end up coming out with the weirdest things to insult someone while raging at a video game. 
Wow. That is an upside-down flamingo. I don't think I've heard that one before. That, that's just one of them. I end up calling somebody like a mess of hodgepodge grease and stuff like that. It makes no sense, but it's just you're just like, okay, that I don't like you. You're a piece of like torch lead on a plastic or whatever. Like you, it's just random. You're just angry. Well, you know, you gotta applaud the creativity at some point because, like, I couldn't even come up with any of that if I wanted. You obviously haven't played Call of Duty as much as I have. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't play like any video games. Like I said, I I, yeah. I could not tell you the last time I sat down and played a video game. Unless unless you suddenly find a Game Boy and then you find like the Lizzie McGuire games and all that. Unless I find my Game Boy that has Lizzie McGuire games on it, then yeah, game on. I will take you down. But like everything else, yeah, no. You can't be honestly. If you ever get to, if you ever find your Game Boy or you ever like see one for sale in a store and you buy one, one game you need to try on it is the classic Spyro games. Oh, they're so good. I've not heard of those before. You've never heard the Spyro? No. Spyro is one of the greatest video games out there. It's about this little purple dragon who ends up saving the day, and he's got this like companion dragonfly called Sparks. Oh, well, I'm a, I am a fan of purple dragons, so you know, maybe maybe I will like it. I wonder where you got the liking for purple dragons. Hmm, I wonder. Yeah, don't know where that came from. Very strange. It's not. It's not got anything to do with like you know Maleficent or her kids or anything like that. No, nothing. Not at all. I don't even know. It's just coincidence. Maybe maybe you've just seen Spyro but not realized it's Spyro. Maybe could be. Or you just seen like you you found a purple crayon when you were drawn in a book as a kid and it's like oh this looks pretty cool you know it's so funny like as a child I actually did have this like wild fascination with the color purple and it like evolved from like me as a kid being like I like purple to then like in middle school there was a series called The Click um, which any girl who was like between the ages of like 10 and 14 between the years of like oh god I don't know like 2005 to 2010 um knows exactly what I'm talking about it was this um book series called The Click by Lisey Harrison and it was about these like four absolutely awful mean girls and then this one girl who like moves from Florida to this like prestigious town and has to like be friends with these awful girls anyway the main character who is this awful girl awful awful just truthfully just the worst character ever like um very heavily inspired by um, oh shoot, Blair Waldorf and Gossip Girl. Um, just a true mean girl. Um, her name is Massey Block, and I was like, I love Massey Block. I want to be like her when I grow up. Like, which was awful. Um, and um, she had purple streaks in her hair, and her favorite color was purple because it represented royalty, and she thought that she was the queen bee of all. And so, in middle school, I had this whole phase where everything I owned was purple, and like I only wore purple clothes, and I bought like purple extensions to put in my hair. And it's funny because like every once in a while, like it's just it's just one of those things like, you know, people see like numbers that reappear in their life. Purple has always like been the color for me that like reappears in my life. Uh, when I started my character company, I just instinctively like put like made purple like the like the color for the like part of my theming for the company. And just I didn't even think much about it. I was just like, oh, I like purple. Let's do that. And it's just been like weird things ever since then. I've just been like, oh, OK, like, oh, that's 
it's just I don't know why like people have like you know numbers and signs in their life every once in a while I'll get like a sign and it'll be like something like purple and I'm like oh that's just weird like it's just one of those like god winks that just kind of keeps coming back it's quite weird purple dragons and a quite a big obsession with purple I'm pretty sure that you were mal before mal was mal I honestly, you know, it's funny you said that. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I think it was just kind of like, and then, you know, Mal's whole theming is purple. I was like, oh, okay, well, this works. Yeah, no, I definitely had, definitely had a lot of Mal tendencies to myself before Mal was even a character. I mean, half the time when I look at the characters for Descendants, I kind of wish I could relate more to like Harry and Jay. And I realize half the time I am definitely more like Chad and it annoys me. Chad is one of my favorites because he's the worst. The thing is, though, is when it comes to the, the accent, obviously, like I'm straight up, I'm Harry Hook because, well, you know, Scottish. Um, right. But when it comes to like personality, I'll have some of the sarcasm of Harry. I will have the straight up terrifying fear that comes with Chad for some nice reason. And then obviously, I have the kind of shyness of Doug when it comes to. Like people who are genuinely like interesting in the, the romantic sense. So, you know, I'm like the worst mixture of those three. I don't know what that would look like, but although actually I do know what it looks like. I look in the mirror and it's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, I feel like, I don't know, a lot of my personality is very similar to Mal. I feel like I, there's a lot of like the reason why I like hooked onto her as a character is because I, there's a lot of things that she's gone on in her life that I feel like I have gone through similar things and. I just have always kind of hooked on to her and she has, you know, she has like abandonment issues and trust issues and like, and it's like, oh yeah, same, um, thanks therapy. And um, there, you know, there's just a lot of the things in the way that she processes information and it's just kind of, that's kind of why I've always hooked towards her. But I definitely have like, I, when, when it comes to like being creative, I'm so much more of an AV of like, if I like want something, I'm like, oh, okay, I'll make it and I'll make it right now. And um, like, I just kind of get that like fixated fascination on it and like just hyper fixations. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm not, I want this. I'm going to make this right now. And I know exactly how I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do X, Y, and Z and sew and use like crystals and insert whatever here. So like, I have like some EV tendencies there. Um, and, but that's true. Like there's not many other characters and descendants that I that I relate to at all. Those are really the two. If Sharpay was in descendants, you would be hard, obviously. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That actually gave me an idea the other day. I wasn't sure if I was going to do this and this appearance for you or if you came back for a third, which please do because this is so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> You'll just be a, I want you to end up at some point being like semi-regular, like appearing every couple of podcasts because it's really fun talking. You know me, I like to talk about myself. Uh, th- th- what my idea was, we can maybe cover it for maybe one franchise, the now, but um, what I want you to do, this is, we'll stick to Descendants, the now, but um, this is only for the um, the movies, so we're not going to count any of the TV series, the okay. um, short, or that really like god-awful um, remake of um, Stronger, because that just didn't sit well oh, with me at all. Oh, that was so bad. That was so bad. That was horrible. Like, they, I don't know why Disney do that. Like, um, they done Dove Cameron doing Genie in a Bottle, and that wasn't too bad, but 
like the whole i liked genie in the bottle that one i actually did like because it suits her voice very very well it's quite good it's just the whole story with um like between mal and uma and then it doesn't really work that well with the song stronger because no it doesn't make sense at all like disney just wanted oh come on this song's an old one let's remake that we didn't already butcher one of the songs from one of Disney's most famous movies in the first film. No, totally not. Let's not talk about that. Let's just leave it in the trash where it belongs. That's what I was going to do. I want you to out of all three Descendants films, I, if you had to pick a song to keep and then pick a song to get rid of, and get, I'm going to ban you from saying the... Um, Acapella version of Be Our Guest just right away. Just that one's you're not going to put that because I know you would. Okay. You have to pick one to get rid of and one to keep and that has to be across Ooh. every film. So you have to choose your favourite and your least favourite. What For would you pick? My favourite and then my least favourite. Okay, so favourite of like all time that like I think oh, they okay. have to keep. Um, Ways to be Wicked. It's just the perfect song. Um, I thought it, it, that See, that part of the film really bothers me. It's such a good song wasted on it being in her head. I It is wasted in her head, but I think, like, if you're just purely looking at the song and not at the storyline, that what song is It's so misleading. Huh? The music video for it is so misleading because at the end, when um, you see Mal, like, kiss the apple and then throw it towards Ben, in mm-hmm. the music video on YouTube, you actually see him like catch the apple and obviously go forward to bite it, and then it cuts to like the like how you're getting the, the side things of like them in their villain gear, like dancing in the there's a, pretty much the aisle in the background, and it's got Ben in his aisle gear that you see later in the film. You're like, wait, are they going to like end up turning him evil for a while? But no. That's so interesting. I don't think I've ever actually watched it on YouTube. Um, I think overall, like, song-wise, of it, like, highlighting the actors, uh, that's, like, vocal quality, I think, the production of the song, and just, like, the song in itself, and the lyrics in itself, I think that one is the best. Um, it, you know, has a incredible bridge um like it just it builds it has just a wonderful finale i love i love that oh, first song to get rid of i would have said be our guest because i would love to throw that song into the trash <laughs> yeah i know you would have picked it um oh god i think all the songs in the second film are really great um I, I couldn't choose any of the songs in the second film. I think the second film songs were just like superior. The all of the songs in the second film are just absolutely. There's one insane. song that if you say I will not be very happy with you. I think you know which song I'm probably thinking of. Oh gosh, I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to think. I'm like going through all of them in my head right now. Oh, um, to get rid of forever, evil like me. Oh, thank goodness! I thought you were going to say Queen of Mean. No. No, I, I, there is a reason I don't like, so I like the actual song Queen of Me and I don't like um, how it was the vid, like how the actual like scene was directed because I think it's very odd that out of all of the, out of every single shot in the entire Descendants franchise, the only time that you break the third wall is when, is during uh, 
fourth wall, not third wall, is during Queen of Mean. And, and Audrey is singing directly to the camera, which is so weird because there's definitely songs where people are singing in their head, like If Only, um, One Kiss. Like there's definitely songs where people are singing in their head and it's not actually happening in real life. But that song is so weird because she's looking at the camera and so that's why I have issues with it. the song itself is beautiful it has it's really wonderfully made for Sarah Jeffrey's voice her um like it, it's perfect for that her um just the the production on it as well the climax of it the the writing of it it's absolutely wonderfully done but for one to get rid of evil like me and I think it was it was purely just written for Kristen Chenoweth to just sing high seas as loud as she possibly could and just it was just a song written for her. It did not progress the plot in any capacity. It, you know, doesn't necessarily show off like, you know, Dove was barely like in there in the beginning and then she's just in there at the end. It just was a song for Kristen Chenoweth to dance around as Maleficent. So that is purely why I just, I don't like it. And I think the production of it is okay. Um, the actual like staging of it, I think in the movie is so awkward and like, the fact that you can just tell that Kristen Chenoweth is on two wires is so incredibly awkward to watch and hilarious. Also, when you're just like, oh, she's clearly like on wires right now. Um, and that's because they didn't have as big of a budget. But it's that song to me is just I always get to that point and I'm like, oh, I need to fast forward three and a half minutes because it's just doesn't do anything for me. I just I if I wanted to see Kristen Chenoweth sing high seas, I would go like listen to the Wicked soundtrack. I mean, like when you say like skip like three and a half minutes, I kind of do that with um, another particular song, which I you already know which one I'm referring to. It took me a second to figure it out. Yep, no, that's I no, 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 no. I disagree so wholeheartedly. You know the reason that I don't like the song, though. But so that's, I know I why you don't like the song, but I don't agree with the reason why you don't like the song. <laughs> See, what I do is I notice, like, it's just what it is. It's, I think the reason that I don't like it for that particular reason is because they seem to focus too much on her in the first place. Mm-hmm. Like, they fo- for, like any, for anyone's listening, he's talking about the song My Once Upon a Time. He hates that song, and I think it's one of the best songs ever written. It's it's that's it's a good song, but just like if you analyze the lyrics, like for me, for someone who wants to see, like who's actually at fault here, like she's glorifying her, um, like the good things she's done, without really taking responsibility or the consequences for what caused them to happen. For example, it's her fault Maleficent got out of the aisle. It's her fault that Uma escaped the Isle. It's her fault that Audrey stole the Queen's crown and uh, Maleficent's scepter. (laughs) I would argue differently. I don't think it was her fault that Maleficent escaped the Isle. Technically, that was Jane's fault. I don't think it was her fault that, that... I don't think it was her fault that Uma escaped the aisle. Uma just chose to do that while they were on the aisle. She chose to go back, but it wasn't her that said, Uma, get in the car, let's go. Let's see. Who, let's see. With um, what Mal did in Descendants 1, she played on the insecurities on someone who was clearly very insecure about their looks. Because she was manipulated by her mother. If you had been emotionally manipulated your entire life, I think it's, 
I think it's so responsible for the true villain in Descendants one is Maleficent. The true villain isn't Mal. It's it's what the, the trauma that Maleficent put her daughter through to make her think that way and to to go that way. I also would argue that Audrey is a villain in Descendants One as well. Um because she's the one who's like pushing it on and, and you know, yes Mal did um you know prey on um Jane's things, but that's the only thing she's ever been taught is how to prey on weak things. So then the true villain isn't necessarily Mal, it's her mother. I will die on this hill. <laughs> we're just gonna uh, we're gonna constantly debate whether Mal is really like the best person. Like I, I admit she would probably Oh, I don't think she's the best person. Oh no 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 she truly does have her faults. She's she has she has many faults, but I don't think she, it, she is the entire one to blame for everything. I mean, like she's right. She's if you had to put like a list of a top three, she's definitely in that top three. I'm sorry, but she is. Of of what top three of what? People who are at fault for things that happened in Descendants. No, no, yes. no, no. Maleficent, absolutely not. One. Maleficent. I would argue Maleficent, and then I would argue Ben in Descendants too. If Ben had just literally been like, you know, not an asshole to Mal when she had when she was clearly stressed out and she said you know it's so hard trying to be perfect and he was and he was just didn't even consider listening to her feelings Ben instigated the whole issues so I, I will I Ben it, it, I it, I would argue in Descendants too Ben is not necessarily the villain per se but like he instigated the whole thing that caused everything and had he just listened to Mal and been like more open and was like, yes, I understand that you're having like they're having a hard time. Let's work through this. Let me help you. Instead of just like being angry at her that she made, uh, you know, that she went out of her way to make a lovely lunch for them, even though she only made a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. He had just been like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize you were hurting so much. Then they would have then they, we wouldn't have so many issues. There's nothing wrong with PB and J sandwich. No, exactly. And then, you know, all he needed to say was, I love PB&J sandwiches and I love you. And I'm sorry you're going through a hard time. That's all he needed to say. But this child was like, I can't actually remember the argument. I've done this. I've done their argument on TikTok so many times you'd think I'd have it memorized, but I don't. One of the things that that kind of sticks out about the whole Ben being a bit of a pain in the backside thing is that you know, Ma was kind of breaking the rules that she was told, that obviously she's told that she needs to follow these rules. She did keep her mother's spellbook when she was told to return it. She did, but like he saw it in her locker. He could have just been like, oh, I'll take it. Yeah, I know. Like, they're both they're both at fault. They're totally both at fault. I will wait. say that. But I think that <laughs> Ben should have been more open. And that's what he comes to at the very end of it, is him being like, if I had just been more open, she's like, "Yeah, come on." There, there is a bigger question. If you, I'm not, sh- I'm not sure if what you will say to the answer that's who's the the like basically the true villain of Descendants three then. Oh, the true villain of Descendants three. That's Queen Leo. Um. Um. Oh, qu- yeah. Uh, I, I mean, if you want to go back to like you know, the whole origin of the story, then yeah, Queen Leia. But I would say I would I would still argue that Audrey is the villain in Descendants 3. It, you know, there's a little thing that all of us 
should definitely try and it's called therapy and I don't think that Audrey had ever tried that and she probably needed to after you know being like coached her whole life that she was gonna marry Ben and then didn't obviously yes Mal was the one who like put the spell but he ended up did falling for her before she was even spelling him but like yes Leah did not invite Queen Leah did not invite Maleficent but I think at the end of the day like Audrey had some really serious stuff that she needed to work on on the inside. So I wouldn't necessarily say she's a villain, but for the antagonist, yes, I would call Audrey the antagonist of Descendants. Like, Leo, the, the thing about her, it's not, it's not really much to do with like Maleficent. It's just the fact that she knew that Audrey was still kind of not over Ben, but it's like, oh yeah, I want to stick the knife in further and say I'm disappointed. Good job, Hen. Uh, I, do, I do remember her saying that. You're right. But I would, I don't know. It's, we could go on for days of who's the true villain. Well. No. Absolutely not. <laughs> if we ever met each other in real life, I would just sit there like, Mal's the villain, you know? <laughs> Absolutely not. And I will die on the hill and argue until the day I die of that, no, she is not. I'll get on the plane back home, just phone you, and I'll be like, hey, Mal's still the villain. Bye, go in the airplane mode, I win. <laughs> no. Mm-mm. You would leave like a two-hour voice note explaining why I'm wrong. <laughs> I listen. I don't have the time for that, but I would definitely sit there and and at least out. I would make a very nice outline because I'm definitely one of those people that would like write it out and like be like Mal's actions, how she's not the villain in that situation. I still think she should have received a little bit more punishment. To be honest, Mal. Yes. No. Yes. Mm. She gets slapped on the wrist. But the thing is, it, the only reason I'm saying that, though, is it kind of links back to what Hades yeah. says in Defendants 3 when he comes out with, you know, when it's one of you, it's fine, slap on the wrist. But when it's one of us, ship us away. I'm sitting thinking, yeah, hold on. Mal is the child of both you, Hades, and Maleficent. She's getting a slap on the wrist. That's no fair. She should get some form of punishment like she should be not allowed to participate in whatever royal events that she wants to participate in for a certain amount of time or she should go to like mandatory goodness classes for like a certain amount of time or whatever but But she chose good she made that whole speech at the coronation of why she chose good that was her realizing it she didn't she knew good she didn't need to get punished for it and ben wasn't even angry with her of what she did that's because Bane's a simp. Okay, so at the end of the day, we were just coming back to the whole thing of it's Ben's fault. No, I was just saying that Ben's a bit of a simp. Well, he lo- but he loves her. True love conquers all. There we go. The end. Yeah, we, we, we definitely need more elaboration on who's true loves who's and the rest of the characters because there was that whole thing about Jane and Lonnie in Descendants 2, but she didn't appear in Descendants 3, so what happened there... There was, I don't even know if there was any hint towards anyone for Gil. We obviously got one for Carlos. I want to see if Chad somehow ends up with some random lassie from the hell that is literally just like him. That would be funny. I think it'd be funny if Chad ended up with one of like the bimbets from um, the story of Beauty and the Beast, like those three women that were fawning over Gaston. I think like that's who Chad needs to end up with. Oh. You know, I think that we're actually almost reaching two hours now. So um, remember we spoke earlier about that really funny story involving an ex, Jane. We can say that again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm not the story. 
Yeah. So that's how that's what I think he'd end up with was a little bend up. Yeah, definitely. Because mm-hmm. you know he just needs someone to fawn over him and tell him he's pretty, brush his hair for him. Everyone's probably going to be going for like they, I guarantee they pro- one of them would probably end up dating Harry if I'm honest because you know he's I, I want Harry to find a true love at some point if he makes an appearance in the um, upcoming series because let's be honest there will be an upcoming series but yes. just give him some. Give him some love, man. The Scottish guy needs some love. I, that this is me inside, you know. Just give him some love, man. I don't know. I don't. Think, I think Harry's an independent guy. I think he will be. I think he'll be. You know, either that or he like finds some mermaid or something to fall in love with. I don't know. He was well, simping over Mal at the end of the stand, and then he was almost kissing Uma, and then he was pretty much simping over Evie, and then that's clearly hinting at Audrey. But you know, like uh, no, Audrey's mind go away. Yeah, so I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I don't know. He he seems like he cannot settle. So sounds sounds yeah. like every other guy in his late thirties or late twenties too. So you know what? It's fine. Excuse me, I'm in my early twenties. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's um, that, that story about um the, this other ex story. I want to hear oh, this. Oh, this other ex. Oh yes, this is a good little one to wrap up yeah. with. Um. So. Um. Oh gosh, how do I set the scene? So I went to Nashville for a girls weekend. This is fall, or not fall, uh, summer of uh, 2019. Uh, Went to Nashville for a girls weekend. We drove down there. It was me with one of my high school best friends. And then four other girls who we all just kind of like knew each other just casually. Anyway, point of the story being no one actually fully knew each other on this trip. Um, I just knew my like high school best friend, uh, Liz. And um, we go on much fun. Um, two of the girls on this trip are like in long-term relationships. Two of them are engaged. And then there's me and this like one other girl who are single. Um, we're having so much fun. We're going out to bars every single night. If anyone ever has a chance to go to Nashville, you absolutely have to. It is the most like incredible city. The energy there is infectious. And I mean, I, I love it so much. I'm actually going back there in October because I just, I love Nashville with my whole heart. If a person goes to America, chances are they won't come back. <laughs> it's it's just it's just I love the energy there. It is just positive energy of just like everyone is happy and you're just listening to music and everyone is just being their own person. It's just a happy good place. Time. So um it's very good time. And then there's like a ton of beer. It's great. And if you like whiskey, there you go. Um so one night. We are, it's actually one of our, our last night there. Um, we go to this bar, um, and all the bars in Nashville are named after um, famous country singers. So I believe we were at the Florida Georgia Line Bar. And um, interesting thing to know is that all these bars are like multiple levels. So like the uh, first floor is like live music. The second floor is usually like a mezzanine area where you can listen to live music. Um, third floor probably has other live music and then the fourth floor is like a club where it's like like full-on club music (laughs) so when I was um going on this trip I had the end I had the conception that we were all gonna like sit there and listen to live music which I love I love live music um no the rest of the group like I said we didn't really know each other that well they were all like oh yeah let's go upstairs and like go to the club I was like I really don't want to go to a club like I just want to listen to live music so me being me I kept trying to sneak away from the group 
and go downstairs and listen to live music and I'd be like I'm going to the restroom I'll be right back and I would like go stand down there for like 30 minutes and be like sorry the line was really long um I kept running away to go listen to live music because it was good country music so at one point I'm standing there and I'm listening to this band they're playing um Luke Bryan's uh, Country Girl, which is one of my favorite country songs. I don't listen to country, but like of the country songs I know, this is one of my favorite ones. Um, and they're playing Country Girl and I'm just like up there dancing by myself on the mezzanine looking down, just totally in my own moment living my life. And all of a sudden I feel this tap on my shoulder and I turn around and there's this man and he is so gorgeous. I was like, hello. And I, and he says, um would you like to dance with me and I was like yeah <laughs> I, couldn't even control. I was like this is straight out of a movie I can't believe that this you happened I was I was just like oh my god he's so beautiful yeah absolutely and then he goes do you know how to two-step which for anybody who's outside of the states two-step is a type of line dancing that you do um in America and um with a partner and I don't know how to do it. Surprisingly, after living in Missouri for 10 years, I still don't know how to two, like how to step. And he's like, don't worry, I'll show you. He grabs my hand and like grabs my waist and we start dancing together. And I was like, I'm in a movie. This is exactly how it ends. Like this is, this is how I meet the love of my life. He and I ended up dancing and talking for three hours. My friends end up finding me and they're like, what are you doing? And I was like, here, here is him. This is him. And, um, he, like he's buying me and my friends drinks he's just being like this amazing guy um at one point we went up to like the, the fourth floor we're dancing and there was like this other weird guy who was like kind of trying to hit on me and I was like no no thank you and he was like kind of like being protective all of a sudden and I was like oh my gosh we're married already like I'm already in love <laughs> planned the wedding um, he had like told me he was in town for a bachelor party and I was just like oh my gosh this is great this is how this is how we fall in love so I go, um, it, the, the bars end up closing around like 2.30 in the morning. And I go downstairs and we're all at the very, like, right in front of the bar. Um, and his friends were like away. Um, and my friends were sitting behind me. And they, <laughs> for some reason, I had 50% off all Ubers that weekend. I'm not entirely sure how I was gifted with that, but I had 50% off all Ubers. So I quite literally take my phone because I'm like, Courtney, we need to call the Uber. I take my phone and I chuck it at them like a solid 50 feet. It was like, take it. Cause I was like busy with him and talking with him. And he's like on the phone with his friends trying to figure out, he's like asking me if I want to go to this next bar. And I was like, sorry, I can't like, I have to stay with my friends, whatever. Um, and he's just charming me so much. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, this is, this is my husband. Like we had spent like three hours together. Everything was great. And I started like, you know, we're talking, I memorized like everything I could about him. Cause I was just like, this is it. This is, this is him. And I just like had that feeling in my body that like, this was, this is my person. Um, so eventually our Uber shows up and he like takes me and, um, my friends over to our Uber and he kisses me as I get into the Uber and I'm like, that's it. That's it. I'm married. And, um, he gets us in the Uber and the windows are down in the Uber and I'm like holding his hand at the window. And as the Uber is like, you know, about to drive away, I go, oh my God, I just realized I don't have your number. And he goes, and I don't have yours. And the car just starts driving away. Oh and, no! And I was like, oh my God, no, 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 no. And I'm like asking him like, turn the car around, turn the car around. And it's like 3 a.m. in Nashville. So the streets are packed. This guy can't turn the car around. And I'm like, 
Oh my god, I lost him. I lost him. So in that moment, I write down every single possible thing I can remember about this guy. I know exactly where he was born, where he's living, what he does for work, where he went to school, what he majored in. Like every single tiny thing I can remember about this dude, I, I write down. Um, and I write it down, put it in the notes, part of my phone. Um, go home, wake up the next morning um, in our Airbnb. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh my God, you have to start looking for him. Um, so we go out for breakfast that morning and then we have a six hour drive home. And as I'm in the car, I spent six hours scrolling on Instagram looking for this guy. Um, at one point, I'm in this photography group on Facebook. I post on Facebook and I was like, I'm looking for this guy. I met him in Nashville. Like, this is the story. I like write every single bit of information. And this is a huge group. So at one point I have, um, there's 60,000 people in this group. And I know that there was at least 8,000 people looking for him with me, trying to find this man. And eventually, um, about 10 hours later, um, I find um, a photo of him and his friends and he's tagged in it or he's not, not, he's not tagged in it, but he's in it. And like his friends are tagged. Um, so I'm like, Oh my God, I found him. Like, this is great. So I, uh, I'm at work or something. And I like, I walk into my boss's office and I've told her this whole story. And I was like, do I, do I like text his, like, do I DM his friend and be like, Hey, this is me. And she's like, absolutely. You do that. So I DM his friend. And I'm like, Hey, this is Courtney. I met, I think his name is Jason. Uh, I met Jason at Florida Georgia Line the other night. We really hit it off. Here's my number if he wants to talk to me. And that's it. And I was like, let it be. So his friend reads the text or reads the message like four hours later, but doesn't respond. And I'm like, oh my God, what is like, what did I do? Like, what's, what's going on? The next day I'm at work and his friend finally responds. And his friend says, um, Hey, really awesome FBI skills. Impressed that you found us. Don't know how to tell you this, but Jason was the bachelor that the party was for. Oh, <laughs> oh no. And I was like, and I immediately blocked his friend and I was like, oh my God. And I have like 8,000 women on Facebook and this photography group are trying to find this man. So I have to update them and like, update. I made out with the groom. <laughs> My husband got a wife. (laughs) My husband's actually marrying another woman. Fun fact. Oh, well, they did your half of them. Yeah, so that was uh, the one time I I was like, yep, I'm getting married. Just kidding. Nope, he is. He's engaged to another woman. So if if that sounds like your husband, um, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Can any of you ladies out there? Sorry to say. (laughs) with your husband well that was that was another interesting story to end the podcast on eh? listen I have have great dating stories I can tell you the next time about the the most awkward date I ever went on it's a very short one but I can tell you that next time honestly I want to just start like getting voice notes on Facebook of your hilarious stories and we can see what ones sound absolutely hilarious (laughs) oh well there's a lot of them I can I can go on for days I have an unfortunate dating life so you know I got stories Oh, that's that would be really fun. Um, before you go, obviously, um, feel free to promote your um, your con your various pages and things like that before we say goodbye. Yeah, absolutely. You guys can find me on Instagram and on TikTok under Courtney Charming. And yesterday was it yesterday? No, Friday. Yeah. I just dropped um, my first little piece of merchandise. You can get your own Courtney Charming charm bracelets on my. Uh, website www.courtneycharming.com 
Okay, there we go. I actually, I actually remember my website this time. <laughs> I, again, like I've had so much fun, and I really hope we can do this again. Absolutely, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'll see you in a bit. See ya, thanks, bye. Well, that was a very entertaining episode. I really hope we can get Corny on once again, because you know, as you can tell, we have so much fun talking together. We're going to see if we can get her on a semi-regular basis, if possible. You should be listening out for episode four, which I'll be recording with Sean. And if we're lucky, we might try and get Sam in that as well. But I hope you all enjoyed, and I'll speak to you guys later. Peace.